Welcome. Welcome to the weekend. Everybody up. This is Herded Here with Swanee on 740 The Fan. You'll get the insight and latest information on North Dakota State football. From the tailgate lot to the football field, our countdown is on. Here's your host of Heard It Here, Josh Swanson. It's a warm sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit kind of morning, isn't it, Bison Nation? As the fall rolls in to the plains, your North Dakota State Bison are rolling and storming with a head of steam into the meat of the Missouri Valley football conference schedule after taking down soundly decisively leaving no doubt against northern iowa last weekend with a 34 20 win at the fargo dome for homecoming quincy patterson man four total touchdowns we talked about it last week on these very airwaves with midco's brian sean about how the Bison offense was on the brink of finding a rhythm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, start your engines because today I'm not wasting any time in telling you that this Bison offense against the Red Birds in the land of Lincoln in normal Illinois, the herd is rolling today, baby. The Bison offense, that passing attack, Christian Watson, good things happen when you get that man the ball. Five catches for 163 yards, all in the first half, including that beautiful 85-yard touchdown on the play action when the Bison are a threat to throw the ball. It opens up the running game. And when teams and those safeties and those linebackers have to respect the run and the pass, pick your poison because the bison will knock you out. That second half, bison are uh, at tied, tied at halftime. It's a 10-up game to start the second half. Excuse me, it's a 13-10 game. NDSU had the field goal before the half to go up 13-10. to So you and I gets the ball to start the half. Jaden Price has that huge 41-yard punt down to UNI's nine. The Bison punch it in. Quincy Patterson in the red zone. We've talked about it. The different weapons North Dakota State has. I told you about his three-yard touchdown at the Alaris against UND and how teams are in a conflict because what do you do when the Bison are on the three- or four-yard line? And you've got a guy in Quincy Patterson that is literally bigger than Jabril Cox. And he's bulldozing his way into the end zone. And you've got a bunch of Rams and offensive linemen pushing his back, which they did on that first touchdown of the second half. So you you jam the box after that. You go all out. Then the Bison, what do they do the next time? Well, the ensuing drive, the Bison score a touchdown. Life is good. We're up 20-10. to 10. Then that cold green defense. Will Mostert. With that strip sack 
um, the vaunted Theo Day from you and I, who was the hottest thing in the Missouri Valley. I bought into it. Everybody bought into it thinking, oh, man, you and I just hung 34 on Youngstown, four touchdowns of over 20 yards, three of those over 50. <laughs> this this kid can play. Code Green, shut him up. Rocky Balboa punching Ivan Drago in the mouth style. Ensuing drive will most art. Strip sacks, day. Costner Ching recovers it. Then the Bison get down. They're at UNI's three-yard line shortly after that strip sack. And UNI's defense says, yeah, Patterson's jamming it at us, dude. Coming right up the gullet, right at us. Beautiful. You fans out there ripping Tyler Roll, you better be sending some thank you notes to the Bison football complex this week, man. If you can dish it, you better take it, and you better be sending some thank you notes because that game, those calls were a thing of beauty. Play, action, pass, rolling out to Gindorf for a touchdown when everyone thought Quincy Patterson's getting it again. He's a red zone juggernaut. He's the red zone Bigfoot, the red zone grave digger, a monster truck that's going to roll right over you, except when he doesn't, and your entire defense gets sucked in, and a guy... Like Noah Gindorf leaks out for a taken candy from a baby touchdown to put NDSU up 27 to 10. And for all practical intents and purposes, that ball game was over. The Bison are sitting at 5 0. And we saw last weekend how critically important it is to defend. Your home field is both South Dakota State and James Madison lost. I get a sense, guys, that the Bison, from the top of the program all the way down, from the coaching staff, throwing the athletic director in the athletic program, the, the whole department, every single player, every graduate assistant, every student assistant, the folks making sure the jerseys are clean, the equipment dudes, everybody, I get a sense there is a chip on the shoulder because after one goofy anomaly of a spring season, you feel like a lot of people are writing the bison off, that it's all about South Dakota State, and it's all about James Madison, and it's all about Sam Houston. In Montana and eastern Washington, give me a break. These voters, and I know polls don't matter, and generally I don't get fired up about polls except when I do. So people giving all this uh, Eastern Washington, the Inferno, and, and, you know, Sam Herter, Craig Haley, those guys do as good of a job, if not better, than anybody covering FCS coast to coast. And I think they've got it right. I think they've both got NDSU right up there at number two. But I see a lot of folks chirping about Eastern Washington's resume is more impressive, like it is. It is not. You beat an overrated Montana team, good for you. Good for you, right? I get a sense that NDSU has a chip on its shoulder. And this defense is playing lights out. I'm going to start calling them the best friends defense. You know, you got the, the purple people eaters from back in the day, the steel curtain. Those great Pittsburgh Steeler defenses. You got the Miami Dolphins no-name defense in the 70s. It's been along the Hogs, the uh, Washington football team, their offensive line in the 1980s. You have those air raid offenses, the, the desert swarm defense at Arizona. It's been a long time since we've had a really good nickname in professional or college football to describe 
whether it's a, an entire team, an offensive unit, or a defensive unit, I've got one. I'm going to make it stick. The best friend's defense. That's what this Bison defense is. They're the best friend's defense. Because they play like they're all just best friends. Watch those guys after a sack. Watch them after a big play. The energy, the camaraderie, the celebrations. Those guys genuinely enjoy, it appears, to be playing football every Saturday at such a high level. The number one scoring defense in the country, only yielding 8.6 points per game. You and I, their explosive offense came in there. They were uh, humming. They were uh, buzzing. And by and large, the Bison shut them down. It is hard, hard to hold any team under 10 points per game. And the Bison are only giving up 8.6 points per game, number one in the country, scoring defense. They also lead the country. Thank you to Ryan Peralt and his staff for the game notes every week where you find nuggets like this. NDSU leads the FCS in red zone defense. Opposing teams' offenses through five games. Almost midway through the season after today, we will be more than midway through the regular season. And opponents going into this afternoon's 2 o'clock kick at Illinois State have only scored three times in seven possessions in NDSU's red zone. And of those seven opportunities, when opponents were in the Bison red zone, they've got two touchdowns, that's it, and only three scores. NDSU is sixth in the nation in sacks per game. Which, if you think about it, in a league like the Missouri Valley Football Conference that puts such a premium on the run, quarterbacks aren't slinging the ball every weekend 30, 40 times per game, which would give you a plethora of sack opportunities. So the fact NDSU is sixth in the country in sacks at 3.4 sacks per game is awfully, awfully impressive. North Dakota State is second in the country in third down defense. Third down, particularly third in long, is a bad, bad place to be against this cold green defense because they're coming after you and they're hitting you and they're hitting you and they're hitting you and they're hitting you. Illinois State, I think the most interesting statistic that jumps out to me, I know Coach... And referenced at his weekly press conference this week, they played Illinois State, or excuse me, they played Southern Illinois tight a few weeks ago and were up in the third quarter before that game got away from them and Southern Illinois kind of ran away from them. They're coming off a bye week, are the Redbirds. Before the bye week, they got thumped 41-20 to against Missouri State. You want to know why I think NDSU's offense which is just starting to hit its stride with that big play passing attack. And Quincy Patterson on those third downs in the second half, those third and longs, 
Very Easton stick and Trey Lance like finding a way to pick up third downs with his legs because when those linebackers and those safeties are in pass coverage and their back is to the ball and things start to open up, it's QP, baby, running for some big first downs against a very, very good you and I front seven. But here is why I think NDSU offensively is going to rev up the motors today. Illinois State is 114th in the nation. 114th on third down defense. Opponents are converting 50% of their third downs against Illinois State. That is bottom of the barrel stuff. In North Dakota State, for as much as we've just talked about their defense, for as well as Code Green is playing, North Dakota State, for their part, is putting up 35.4 points per game offensively through five games. You have a sample size now, a body of work, where that is not just a fluke. That is not just a smattering of what they're capable of doing. That is an average through five games, 35.4 points per game, and 421.2 yards per game. That's right. The Bison offense is putting up 421.2 yards per game. And the scary thing is, for everybody else around the FCS, this Bison offense is only getting better. After the game last weekend, Coach Entz made a comment that part of the reason he's so excited about this team and this group is that they haven't played their best football yet. And that is not cliche. The Bison are 5-0 and with two straight wins against top 15 caliber teams who were ranked at the time. Both are still ranked in the top 25. Two back-to-back weeks with huge conference wins. And Coach Zen says this team hasn't come close to its ceiling. And I think he's right. I mean, there are stretches where this Bison offense looks really, really good. There are stretches where this Bison defense looks really, really good. And you watch these games and you think, boy, where you're blowing out a team like you and I, 34-20. to You're going into the Alaris and ripping their souls out. You're getting some huge wins. There are only two teams, two teams in the Missouri Valley, as we get into the heart of conference play that are undefeated in conference play. That's Southern Illinois, who's 3-0 in league play, and NDSU, who's 2-0 in league play. South Dakota and Missouri State are both 2-1. SDSU and UNI are both 1-1. Indiana State, Youngstown State, and Western Illinois are both 1-2. And And Illinois State and North Dakota are both 0-2. NDSU is in a really good place. And these guys are all business, all workmanlike. I love that comment from a coach's presser earlier this week after the game in the locker room. Huge homecoming win. Guys could have been carrying on like a, you know, however... Guys carry on after a big win, I suppose. 
He said it was very businesslike, very workmanlike. The guys enjoyed the win, but it was very workmanlike, very professional. I think this team is hungry. I think they're ready to get to work, and I think they're going down to Illinois State today, and they're coming back with a resounding win. Coming up after the break, we got Brady Drake, the new editor-in-chief of the Bison Illustrated magazine, and I want to talk more about Quincy Patterson's, let's call it a breakout performance, four touchdowns, a huge touchdown play fake to Christian in the first half, running the ball, eluding the Panther defenders in the second half. QP is here, and he's leading this Bison offense to, I think, big things today. Coming up next on Heard It Here with Swanee. Brock Spack and the Redbirds are fighting for their playoff lives today in a must-win scenario against the Bison as they're 0-2 in the league and 2-3 and overall. And a loss today will all but plunge the dagger into any hopes and dreams of the Redbirds making the playoffs. And it's their homecoming game, so their fans are going to be all kinds of amped up to play the herd, and teams are always amped up to play the herd. So a critical start from Quincy Patterson, that buys an offense, is going to be awfully important. This is Herded Here with Swanee, brought to you by Smith Motors in Wapaton and Welton's Tire Service in Lisbon. Smith Motors, Wapaton, small-town friendly, big-town deals. Welton's Tire Service, your local one-stop for tires, friendly service, and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. Brady Drake from the... Bison Illustrated joins us, and Brady, we've been talking about it on our podcast, the Bison Illustrated Podcast, which you can find on Apple iTunes. Subscribe for free. Search Bison Illustrated. You can also check it out at bisonillustrated.com about Quincy Patterson. One of the questions you've been asking me all fall is, Swan, in a third and sixth situation in the second half, if the Bison need a big first down, do you trust Quincy Patterson after last weekend? The answer to that is a resounding yes. What did you see from Quincy's performance last week against the Panthers? I mean, I saw them, you know, right. We always, we kind of talked about um, on the podcast, uh, we were a little concerned as to why, um, why don't you open up the passing offense when the stakes are a little lower in a game against Albany in a game against Valparaiso? Um, and we were proven like immediately that we were wrong because I mean they let him they let him sling it around a little bit that you know take a shot to Christian Watson deep and then really let him use his legs and playmaking ability. I mean, what what more could you ask for if you're an NDSU fan? You know, seeing his performance last week. And the big part is once teams start start having to respect that pass and those safeties, we saw it on the first 85 yard touchdown against the Panthers where that safety was caught with his eyes in the backfield, was they're playing quarters defense, which means the each corner and each safety has a fourth of the field, and Christian blew right by him, blew right by the safety, and, and Coach referenced it this week that there's not a single defensive back in the country in FCS step for step that can keep up with Christian. But now those safeties have to start respecting the pass and playing back. And even though the Bison aren't throwing the ball 30 times per game, if you don't respect that pass, Christian Watson is going to make you look like a fool, mm-hmm. and he's going to put up that big touchdown. So what that does with those safeties slinging back, you saw Christian and some other receivers kind of leaking across the middle and creating some space and some other big plays. 
So it puts the defense in a conflict, and they have to come up with a, a very good scheme and execute it, how you're going to defend them, which also opens up things for that bison running attack. Because if your safeties have to respect the threat of that pass and that home run ball, they don't have those guys playing up towards the line of scrimmage. And then once the bison running backs get through, if they can get through that first level, they've got some room to work with. So it really it, it opens things up for this entire bison offense. And I think what we're going to see today is some of those other bison receivers. I think the focus is going to be so heavy on Christian. I think you still have to get him the ball, right? You and I was keyed on him, locked in after that 85-yard touchdown pass, and he still had 163 yards receiving total. So I, I think we're going to see him today again. You've got to get him the ball. And we've been saying this all fall. You've got to get number one the ball. But I think this afternoon we're going to see some of those other wide receivers, whether it's a Braylon Henderson, a Phoenix Sproles, and those tight ends and Gindorf and Babich. I think we're going to start seeing them get some looks too because I think things will open up and they're going to have some one-on-one opportunities. And hopefully when you got a Sproles and a Henderson especially, when those guys get in space – they're a problem for defenses. So the, the when Coach Entz talks about this team not hitting its ceiling, I look at it and I feel like a, a kid the night before Christmas at what this Bison offense can do. And I think they'll be looking to take that ne- next step this afternoon against the Illinois State team that's given up 27 points per game, and that gave up 41 points to Missouri State in their last game two weeks ago. Yeah, and I mean, imagine – Imagine how opposing defensive coordinators feel because just how you talk about, you know, the Phoenix Sproles, the Braylon Hendersons, you know, they're watching that game film. And even though those guys aren't getting the ball yet, they're probably seeing them cook their cornerbacks or their linebackers. And uh, I, I can't imagine what preparing for an attack like that is like because, I mean, I mean they, they know that there's more than what then there's there's more than Christian Watson, there's more than Hunter Lipke that you have to contend with so many different weapons when you're facing NDSU. And we really didn't even see Lipke against Northern Iowa. He was the bell cow in that fourth quarter against UND. And a lot of folks, I said earlier this morning that Bison fans, I love you guys, thanks for listening. Passion is great. That's what's so special about college football. But a lot of folks critical of the play calling, especially after that UND game, I said those guys ought to be sending and gals. It's not just guys who can get all uh, amped up, Bison fans, and get fired up about the play calling. It's it's the uh, the ladies, too. They ought to be sending thank you notes and apology letters to the Bison football complex to the to that offensive staff. I thought NDSU called a great game offensively, but we saw that how important of a piece. It all ties together. It's not just one thing. In that second half where Illinois, or excuse me, Northern Iowa was down. They had made it, I think, a 10- or 13-point game. They were looking to get a stop in that uh, latter part of the third quarter and in the fourth quarter to get the ball back. That quarterback run game, after you have to respect Christian Watson and that passing attack, and Quincy picked up. I'm not talking about the play where he was, like, pinned in by 18 defenders and somehow bulldozed two of them and turned, like, a 7-yard loss into a 10-yard gain late in the second half to set up the the field goal before intermission. Those two runs in the second half on the third and longs mm-hmm. where the defense, you know, you've, you've, you play defensive back at uh, Concordia. So as a DB on third and longs where you're in pass coverage and your back's turned toward the quarterback and you're trying to follow around a receiver and the quarterback breaks contain like Quincy did, big plays, big plays that, that really, really 
dialed in, locked in the win. And it's frustrating, to your point. It's frustrating as a defensive coordinator because you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. So if you, you bring if you bring the heat, I expect Illinois State will do what they've done the last few games against the Bison. They're going to bring everybody. They're bringing the house. And if the Bison take the top off, they'll make an adjustment. They'll live with it. But I think that's how they're going to start. I think that uh, short passing game and even some of those screen passes are going to be there. But when you've got a quarterback that can run the ball like that, but also drop in those dimes, those passes that he had, you know, it, it might look like something simple, but that play fake in the red zone to Gindorf on the rollout, that three-yard touchdown, you see it. You saw Lamar Jackson for the Ravens, who's airmailed a couple passes like that. You have to have those touch passes. You don't want to drill the guy, but if you try to get too cute and put too much touch, you either sail it or you drop it short. Those passes are not as easy as they look to execute. And then the 85-yard bomb. If you look at the the length that the length of the field that ball was in the air, it's like 50 yards airtime, and he dropped it right into Watson in stride. So if you got a quarterback that can do that, but then also a quarterback the size of Jabril, Co- Jabril Cox, who's uh, as fast as Easton Stick, that is an absolute nightmare for opposing teams' defenses. Well, that was certainly a, a bomb on the 85-yard touchdown, but uh, you mentioned the Gindorf pass. It, was I the only one that thought there was a little too much touch on that on that pass? It looked on my TV screen, everyone I was watching with um, said that they didn't think the ball was going was gonna to get there. But, I mean, it, it did. Um, yeah, I don't know how you contend with it. And to even even to your point about the quarterback run game, you know, if you're in, if you're in man coverage, there were certain times where the whistle would blow after a run play. And I had no idea the, the quarterback had even taken off. You know what I mean? Cause you're so, you're so locked in on your receiver. Um, do you, in the, in the past, have they paid, have they played more man or have they played more zone against, against NDSU? Illinois State. Yeah, Illinois State. Yeah, they've played, from what I remember playing them, um, a lot of zone stuff. Yeah. A lot of zone stuff. And I expect that's what we'll see today, especially with Watts and those safeties over yeah. the top. Yeah, that's that's what I would think that they're going to do today. Brock's back, though. His forte, he's a defensive coach. He comes from the defensive side of the ledger. And and they've played. You know, India Shue, what's remarkable to me, this is the 15th meeting in the series. Illinois State has had some really good football teams. The Bison are 12-2. and two. In the 14 games they've played Illinois State, 12 in two, and have won the last 10. Illinois State's a, a tricky team because they're a lot like North Dakota State. Play good defense, run the ball. They've got a freshman quarterback and this guy Jackson Waring. He uh, threw for 318 against Missouri State, but they lost 41 to 20. So an opposing team's defense will let you pick up all the yards you want between the 30s if you're if you're down three scores. But they're they're a team fighting for their playoff lives. They played NDSU tight. In the, the quarterfinals of the Fargo Dome in 2019, back when Trey Lance was quarterback, that was a 9-3 to rock fight. Christian Watson did get behind the Redbirds' defense in that game early in the game for a big, big uh, pass. The NDSU uh, got the ball down to, I think, the Redbirds' five-yard line. Couldn't put it in, had to settle for a field goal. And then last spring at the Fargo Dome, it was 21-13 buys, and when Jaden Price had an 85-yard punt for a touchdown, Cam Miller came off the bench that game. So... Uh, I think that the, at least early on, that's what they'll try to do. I think the big thing is for North Dakota State, if you can run the ball and get it going to Watson, it doesn't matter if you're zone man. You're, they're just gonna they're oh. gonna rack jack you. And oh, for, for sure. Especially for sure. when they're and we'll talk about it more a, after the break here on Heard It Here with Swanee Brady Drake from Bison Illustrated joining us. The fact that Illinois State is giving up fifty percent conversions on third downs. 
which is a hundred and what are the notes? The old Swan notes, hundred and fourteenth in America. That's bad. As a it's de- not good. If you, as a defense, if you're not getting off the field half the time on third downs, I take a look at that, and that tells me about all I need to know. You don't have to do too deep of a dive and be be an analytics guy, X's and O's guy to know that if your defense is not getting off the field half of the time. On third downs, you're having problems, and they've got the number 58th scoring defense in the country. 27 points per game is a lot to give up, and most State hung 41 on them. With this Bison offense, the way they're progressing each week, I see big things for, for the Bison today in normal Illinois. We'll talk about some of those big things in the state of the Missouri Valley Football Conference coming up next on Herd it here. It's another Bison game day weekend as your herd travels to normal Illinois to take on the two and three Redbergs. Two o'clock kick last night in the big fraud conference. That's right, the big sky. You know, I told you the Bison defense, we need more nicknames in college football. This defense is the best friend's defense. The BFDs, best friends, defense, shields, you can put that on a shirt. I won't even trademark it. You can just make a bunch of money off me. The Big Sky Conference, I will now begin referring to as the Big Fraud Conference. A big hyped-up game against a highly-ranked Montana State and Weber State. Weber State's 2-4, and four, yet some of these chuckleheads in the national media and the polls, somehow a 2-4 and four Weber team is still going to be ranked in the top 20 that's just the world we live in. But as a 13-7 to win for Montana State, coached by former Bison coach and Wyoming coach Brent Vegan. Viggs has got Montana State off to a, a fast start, 6-1. and They're a top-10 team. I say that a little derisively, not to critique any team. I just think the big sky is a bunch of crap. UC Davis was supposed to be all good, and they've kind of wet the bed a little bit. And Weber State... Yeah, they're a threat for Frisco, two and four. And Montana, they get one win early in the year against kind of a, eh. Washington was ranked number 20 at the time. They've they've rolled that win to all this hype. And then Eastern Washington, they're all hyped up coming into the Dome last spring, and NDSU just beats the wax paper off of them. But in the big, big fraud conference, it was Montana State over Weber State last night on ESPN. You, Brady Drake from the Bison Illustrated, joining us on Heard It Here. What's interesting to me, Brady, for is kind of malcontent some Bison fans were after that UND game. Life is pretty good, brother. The Bison are 5-0, and number three in the country, 2-0 and in the league, and they've got huge, huge wins against UND and you and I in their pocket. But around the league, you got South Dakota State falling in overtime 42-41 to against Southern Illinois. I watched that. Tell you, uh, the better part of the second half of that game after the Bison game last weekend, SDSU is not a world beater, man. Southern Illinois cooked them in the fourth quarter and some really really bizarre, wacky play calling from the Jacks, and they drop one at home, 42-41. to 41. That hurts, and, and Southern Illinois is a good football team. SDSU gave that game away. And then you got UND, maybe the most curious team in all of the Valley is sitting here after starting off red hot. They play the Bison tight 
And I said it would happen. I, I talked about it on our podcast. I talked about it on the show last weekend, how UND had two tough games coming up in Vermilion and the Dirty Verm against South Dakota and today against Southern Illinois. UND lost. They were flat. It was the Bison hangover. Don't kid yourself, folks. UND had a nasty, nasty Bison hangover, and no hair of the dog could get them going. So they're 0-2, and today's a, today's a must-win for them. If UND drops to 0-3 in the league and 2-4 and overall, they've literally got to win out. They'll have to win their next five games, which includes a game at South Dakota State, to even get back on, on the, in the playoff discussion to get on the bubble. If they lose today, the best they can do is 7-4 and if they win out. And even being 7-4, and depending on how things shake out in the Valley and around the FCS, that you're not in control of your own destiny. If UND loses today, their their uh, fate is out of their hands. But then, you know, you take a look at South Dakota State. They've got a really interesting Western Illinois team who's played Montana tough. You know, they gave somebody else a run. So I, I think South Dakota State's going to be really upset about what happened last week in, in Brookings. But playing at Western Illinois is always NDSU. That's a, a place where they've struggled a little bit to get out of there with a win. So anytime you can get out of McComb with a win is a good day. And then South Dakota in northern Iowa, and probably the most intriguing matchup around the Valley this weekend, you got 2-1 uh, and one in league, 4-2 and two South Dakota team, a lot of momentum after back-to-back wins against handling Indiana State two weeks ago and beating UND, playing a northern Iowa team who was riding pretty high coming into the Fargo Dome before getting their teeth knocked in. So that's, to me, the Valley's a real, real interesting um the, the the teams, the records and everything is pretty interesting to me. North Dakota State on top of the league, not a surprise. Southern Illinois, 3-0, 5-1 overall. Not not a surprise. They're a good football team. But that uh, South Dakota to be right up there at 2-1, 4-2, bit of a surprise. I'm real curious. I'll, I'll throw it at you here. You know, Southern Illinois, UND, I think UND is going to come out with the kitchen sink today. They have to. I don't know if Southern Illinois is going to be caught sleeping a little bit after that big one against South Dakota State. That's my upset special of the week, Bison Nation. I know you don't like it, but I think the Fighting Hawks go into Carbondale and knock off the Salukis. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all I really do know is that we're going to learn a lot from that UND, Southern Illinois, and then that South Dakota. Um, Northern Iowa. Northern, Northern Iowa game, yeah. Um when you head when you head into the heart of league play like this, there's the, especially in the valley, we see it every week. There is no such thing as a layup or a give me game. Even though Illinois State is 114th and third down defense, they got smoked by Missouri State. You know they they played Southern Illinois tough, but they're playing at home. It's homecoming. They're fighting for their playoff lives. North Dakota State needs to play well to play well to win. I think they will. But there's there's a lot of intriguing matchups now that we're in league play, and every game takes on such an added importance, especially when you take a look at seeding in the playoff picture as we get closer to November. Every win that you can put in your pocket and put on your resume is so critically important. And right now with South Dakota State losing and with James Madison losing, North Dakota State is in the driver's seat. And and the big thing for me, you know, this one-game-at-a-time approach if you can get through Illinois State, you got back-to-back home games before going to Brookings. And I know that the Bison are big on one game at a time. But to to get out a normal today with a win to be 3-0 and in the league and 6-0 and overall, that that is so, so important. That is so huge because every win I – know, I know I'm a little bit of a broken record here, but every win you can build up 
helps when you're trying to get a, a high seed and playing at home. And we saw how important it was last spring with this Bison team who was challenged offensively, had two turnovers at midfield at Sam Houston, was down 14-0, to zero, yet still somehow found a way with its special teams and defense to be ahead in that ball game with under four minutes left. Had that game been at the Fargo Dome, the Bison probably win it. So every week in the Valley is huge. There's just a lot, a lot of intriguing stuff and matchups going on in the Valley this afternoon. Right. And it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like the SEC of FCS football, right? Like you can't, you know, you can't go to, you can't go to sleep if you're playing a Tennessee, a South Carolina, they may be sort of bottom feeders at the conference, but they're still going to, they can come out and beat you any given week. So well, we saw Alabama lose to Texas A&M. Exactly. You know, st- yeah. stuff like that, that it does happen, even if you're an Alabama of the world. And then the, the Big Ten, the Big Ten Conference this year, too, especially. You mentioned the, the SEC being brutal. Big Ten East, man, what a what a dogfight going on there. One of the big things that stood out to me so far, Brady, is NDSU, the efficiency on offense. I know that's a big thing, being in those you know second and sixes, second and fives, third and shorts. The Bison, you, know, you take a look at the passing numbers. They don't blow you off the page at 131 points per game. But the Bison are fifth, fifth in the FCS in pass efficiency, so you, you don't need the 20 attempts. And I've said, you know, go 12 for 16. Last week, Quincy was 11 for 21. But if you're 11 for 21 with two touchdowns and a buck 82, oh, yeah. that's that's pretty good because that means you're connecting. I mean, do the math. 11 completions, 182 yards. You're darn near at, you're, you're at what, 15, 16, 17 yards per completion, which is a good place, a really good place to be in this Bison offense. And maybe the most important statistic, NDSU struggled, I think, when we had B. Sean on from Midco, Brian Sean, on a couple weeks. We had him on last week. We had him on a couple weeks ago, too. We talked about the, the turnover margin and how NDSU is minus 10 last spring in turnover margin. The Bison are fifth in the country in turnover margin, nine takeaways, and they've only given the ball up three times. That's a three-to-one ratio. you got to love that. And we saw that last weekend, that huge strip sack fumble. To me, that was a turning point of the football game because NDSU just had the big punt return that set up a score on the ensuing drive. You and I still a tight ball game. NDSU's only up 10 points. To me, that was probably the play of the game, that strip sack fumble where NDSU, uh, Mostart knocks it out. Ching recovers it. A couple of plays later, the Bison are in the end zone and Katie bar the door. The game's over, but the, the way the NDSU defense is generating the takeaways and giving the Bison offense a short field. And, and on the flip side, you know, Quincy had the fumble the first drive of the game. Outside of that four touchdowns, the Bison offense is doing such a good job taking care of the football and generating takeaways. So if the Bison can do that today, to me, to me, the only way, the only knocking on the table there, knocking on wood, I think for Illinois State to stay in this game, the Bison are going to have to get careless with the football. And I think if NDSU takes care of the ball with their defense, Illinois State has a freshman quarterback in Jackson wearing. Uh, they they want to try to run the ball. They haven't been doing a great job of it. Only rushing for a buck fifty a game. They're only putting up twenty three points per game. So I think if NDSU can take care of the ball, I I don't see Illinois State putting up twenty points on this cold green defense. Do we think that NDSU goes back to just pounding the football today? You know, we're talking like you know six, seven, eight pass attempts. No, I, I think we're going to see a lot of what we saw against Northern Northern uh, Iowa last weekend so. because you you Brock's back in the Redbirds. They're they're traditionally very strong on defense, but offensively, if you can do what you did against you and I, 
I think you want to take that next step against Illinois State. And I think, you know, we talked about it on the podcast a little bit. I like where Quincy's at. Mm-hmm. I think by the end of the year, come playoff time, he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the FCS. I think last week was a statement game for him. Four touchdowns is a lot. Four passing touchdowns, or excuse me, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. That's Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes type stuff. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that Quincy Patterson is Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. It goes back to your point that if you got a quarterback that can run for two touchdowns and pass for two, it creates a, a it creates problems for your defense. So I think you're going to see that next evolution where the Bison aren't going to allow Illinois State to dictate how the game goes. I think the Bison are going to want to establish the run. I think they're going to want to get Kobe and Dom Ganella going. But I think we're going to see some of those shots down the field to maybe loosen up that soft underbelly of the Illinois State defense. And I think the Bison are going to look to attack. I think that's what they did against Northern Iowa, that they didn't play reactive football. They weren't just, okay, let's run, 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 put Quincy in good spots. They trusted Quincy a lot. You know, that UND game, those third downs in the second half, they they played they played to the flow of the game, not to put their defense in a bad position. Last week on those third downs in the second half against UNI, those third and plus fives, they let Quincy have the ball, and yeah. he ran for the first downs. But those were pass plays. They weren't designed runs. They trusted him to make a play. So I think you attack. I, I think you, if you're the Bison offense and Tyler Roll and Coach Hedberg, with the playmakers you have, you look to attack. Today we'll talk about how the Bison will do that. Coming up on our game day prediction pick 'em segments of Heard It Here with Swanee. We're taking it to the bank as Swanee brings you his lock-solid prediction for this week's game. Just <clears throat> don't bet the house on it or anything, okay? Oh, my God. Are you serious? Big shout-out to West Fargo Cheyenne High School for their dominating 14-0 win over Bismarck Century last night in West Fargo, just a a few blocks away from the Swan Pad, from Swan Lake. Snap Century's 28- or 29-game winning streak. Bro Swan and TK were at the game. I was getting live reports. They told me, although the score was 14-0, West Fargo Cheyenne's defense was just suffocating and lights out, so hats off to those Boys, I want to thank Josh Linus for running the boards, keeping the trains on the track today. And, of course, Smith Motors Wapaton, small-town friendly, big-town deals. And Walton's Tire Service, your local one-stop for tires, friendly service, and more in Lisbon, North Dakota. You had asked before the break, Brady, what are the Bison going to look to do? I, I think you have to look to attack. I don't think you can regress. I feel this is a real interesting game because you're going on a road, playing a team. It's their homecoming. The Bison always have a target on their back, so the crowd's going to be really, really into it right away. I think NDSU is going to want to look to try to take the crowd out of it right away. But how do you, you know, you asked me the question, I'll throw it back to you. How do you approach it if you're North Dakota State, particularly on the offensive side of the ball? Do you put the pedal to the metal right away and just attack, or you try to get that run game going first before opening things up a little bit? Um, You know, honestly, I don't think with with the way they're rolling right now, I don't think they can lose with whatever approach they take. I honestly, uh, for one more week, because they they proved me wrong last week, right? When when I talked about, um, whoops, uh, when I talked about um, 
on the, on the podcast about how it concerned me that they didn't throw against Albany, that they didn't throw against Valparaiso. I thought that maybe they were just that was going to be their formula for the entire year. They were never going to open it up. Um, I'm going to say one more week. I think now that maybe they're playing a team that's a little bit lesser than Northern Iowa, they just kind of go back to running the ball 45, 50 times during the game. Um, but we'll see. I've been wrong many, many times in my life before. So, Well, to, to me, that's what's so interesting because Illinois State's given up 27 points per game. Missouri State hung 41 on them. They're giving up a 50% conversion rate on third down. Everything in my gut tells me attack, go after them, be the aggressor right away, punch them in the mouth, take that crowd out of the game, don't let them stay around, get all amped up, playing the buys and, oh, it's a tight game. I think you go for the jugular. I'm not saying throw the ball. You don't, you don't get out of the game plan. The Bison aren't going to come out looking to throw the ball 30 to 40 times. I think you take your shots, and I think that's what Coach Roll and Coach Hedberg and, and uh, the rest of that coaching staff, Coach Polly, all those guys, Coach Larson did such a great job of. They, they took their shots in smart places. Those throws to Christian, I think, were very well designed and executed. And I think those are the plays that that you're looking for. You're not looking to throw it for 40, but you're looking to keep the defense honest and you're looking to, to keep them guessing and respecting that pass game. So I think I think that's what we're going to see today. It wouldn't surprise me to see some of the jet sweep stuff. We haven't seen that really outside of Christian's one big touchdown against Valpo. I'm hard-pressed to think of a – well, I guess Lipke's touchdown came on a jet sweep against uh, somebody – Earlier in the year, I can't remember. I think he had one against, yeah, I think it was um, against uh, Albany at the Dome maybe. But I think we're going to see more of that, whether it's Christian or uh, Braylon or Phoenix getting the ball on something like that. I'm looking for that. And I think maybe we see some Delta today, some of that three running back stuff with Lipke, Colby, maybe Bussey. Jalen Bussey's been kind of absent from getting a bunch of touches the mm-hmm. last few weeks. I think that's a guy you sleep on him a little bit, you forget about him, and all of a sudden he's popping you for a bunch of touchdowns. So I think, you know, I see we run out of daylight here. I need a game day prediction and a score from you. Tell the listeners how it shakes out and then give me a score. I'm going to say, like I said, 45, 50 rushing attempts, 35 to 10 dominating win, NDSU. That's what I'm talking about. None of this. When we had Chase Miller on there, Nolan Schmidt, they're calling it close to the vest. Oh, I think, uh, and, and I love those guys, you know, but they're like 20 to 14. That's what we're about on Herded here. 45 to 13, brothers and sisters. Last week, I told you the Herd would get 35 points. People thought I was nuts. What did they do? They got 34 points. I think the Rams and the Russian attack. How about Brandon Westberg filling in for Jalen Sundell? He should be back today. Kayser might be back. Braden Thomas, Lions and Tigers and Bison. Oh my. All heard. All day. Bison going to hang a 40 spot on Illinois State. This is Herded here with Swanee on 740 AM. The fan want to thank Brady Drake from Bison Illustrated. Josh Linus running the boards. Smith Motors and Wapaton in Welton's Tire Service. Big bison day, folks. And remember, the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd.